And um, it's kind of mysterious because it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a really big tide, it wasn't a really big swell. Like, yeah, they're sitting there with their eyeballs sticking out of the sand, and a lot of times it's the right time, right place, something drifts over them. I've seen them caught on surface irons. We're back for another episode of the Western Outdoor News Podcast, episode 82. Wow, 82. I'm here with Mike Stevens, Ben Harvey-Murray, and I'm Brad Van Zyl. So a week has passed since the major storms and the flooding uh, that took place as the neutral Nino, as we talked about on our last podcast, made its way through the basically the entirety of the West Coast. Uh, Mike Stevens, you went to Bishop. We're going to talk about that trip, some of the snow that you're able to see up there and, and the conditions of the Eastern Sierra. Uh, we're still seeing flooding at, on Bolsa Chica Beach. Uh, ben Harvey Murray, you're going to chime in with that. And then once we talk about some of those things, our main topic today is going to look at the best halibut and inshore baits that was featured in the January 20th issue of Western Outdoor News. We're going to talk about that in depth on the show today. But first, let's talk about this this kind of weird phenomenon of this, this flooding that we're seeing. Tell us about it, Ben. Yeah, sure. Well, actually, it was something that cropped up yesterday. And um, yesterday was a reasonably big high tide, not a king tide, not a really, really big one like we've had recently. Um, but anyway, but Bolsa Chica Beach in Orange County, as many people might know, is a great surf fishing beach. Um, and normally it's pretty, it's pretty uh, I wouldn't say mellow, but it's not the sort of place where you're going to get the water coming up over the beach. Um, and it, But it did that actually yesterday. And um, it's kind of mysterious because it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a really big tide, it wasn't a really big swell. Um, but putting the kind of pieces together, um, what happened is that I think there was a big kind of movement of water, a big, a lot of current, mm-hmm. and obviously a lot of current when you end up in this kind of big bay, which kind of, uh, or, or if you look at the north of Orange County, um, it kind of is in this big bay from San Pedro down to Newport. And I think a lot of water gets pushed in there and there was a really kind of extreme current and it just seemed to push a lot, so much water into that beach system that it just inundated the wetlands and just completely covered PCH. So wow. PCH was completely closed. Never seen that before apart from when it's been really flooded due to extreme rain, but I've never seen it been inundated. Um, you know, I'm not sure whether the water came off the beach or up the wetlands, which if you think of driving along PCH, you've got Bolsa Chica on your left, so you're coming south to north, the wetlands on your right. So somewhere the water breached the walls there, it came over the road and really completely covered the car park, which is quite an unusual event, really, because like I said, it's not something that you see even on the big tides and the big swells. Mm. So, um, you know, like I said, the... the the things, the, the factors seem to suggest that this big, a lot of current pushed a lot of water into the wetlands and also onto the beach, and it kind of met in the middle and completely, completely flooded out the whole thing, which is really unusual. Yeah. And um, and you know, like I said, they closed the whole beach, closed the closed the car parks, closed the uh, closed PCH as well. Okay. Yeah, and I think I I just saw right before we came in here that the um that it had just reopened up. So it's it's back in action, but it definitely a, a strange couple of days yeah. that, that it was down. Well, I think it's symptomatic. We got, have got these quite, quite extreme ocean conditions, a lot of heavy current pushing north to south, usually with those big storms. Um, some big, another, more big swells coming in the next two or three days. Not quite as big as we had a couple of weeks ago, but still quite substantial. So I'm going to be pretty pretty careful where I fish this weekend. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but there's still some very fishable conditions out there. Was that but, the spot in that picture you showed me? Yeah, the one with the road completely flooded. The, yeah, that was, the, was a, it was a crazy picture. <laughs> yeah, a great photo. Jeez. Well, so speaking of uh, of crazy pictures and great photos, it was on the cover of the January twentieth issue. Uh, the snow being higher than uh, than some of the street signs uh. in the Eastern Sierra. 
how uh how did it look up there with your recent trip uh yeah we were i was up there last the end of last week my brother was up there all week for his birthday um we were down in bishop uh so there wasn't much snow in town but it, you didn't have to go too high to get to it um those guys my brother and his buddy went up into the um, bishop creek canyon to fish some of the lower intake ponds, not intake two. Intake two is pretty covered with snow, but some of the lower level ones were accessible and they were able to catch some browns in there. But just looking at the mountains, they're just blanketed with snow. Um, there's every car coming down has feet of snow on the roof if they haven't cleared it off. Wow. Um, people in town are, are the people at like Max Sporting Goods where I, stopped by there fired up about the upcoming summer because places that got really low in water over the last few years like south lake and lake sabrina um they're gonna fill up you know unless unless they release a bunch of water for some reason um they will be back and uh there should be no shortage of water this summer um it it the fishing should stay good through late summer a lot of times it really slows down and july and especially in august um but for this trip we just hung around town down in bishop uh we fished pleasant valley reservoir which was off color and very cold and we were able to get a few um on spoons the uh, owens river was very slow for us but the conditions were good like i was going up there thinking the owens was going to be blown out from all this runoff and it was high a couple weeks ago but conditions-wise, as far as the, the water clarity, Owens is always a little off color, but the flow was perfect. Um, it was just freezing cold, and it was very tough for us fishing-wise. And then we kind of finished strong um, in the canal that runs through Bishop, which we, regardless of the season, we always stop there, an easy place to fish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's full of little browns, and we did pretty pretty good in there for January. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about the the hand lining experience of 2023. <laughs> okay, I've never, I've never, I, I've never had this happen before in fresh water. Um, but I was up at Pleasant Valley throwing at Thomas Boyant, and at the end of a long cast, the line just kind of coiled off my reel to where you know you know it's not going to be recovered. So I just cut it off at the reel, and I'm winding the line in around my hand. Um, and I hooked up doing that, and I basically hand-lined in a, a trout that was pretty far out there. So from that point on, I told the guys I was with, I'm like, slowest retrieve you can do. Like, I mean, <laughs> that, that had to be coming in so slow that that spoon was probably doing nothing. Oh, wow. And it was just a little rainbow, but it, it was pretty funny to, to uh, catch a fish like that. Yeah. No, definitely a good time, but uh, – how do you have any next trips coming up? How My do you next think- trip will probably won't be until the opener, you know, and, and I, uh, I'm i up there covering it for us, but I'll fish a little um, in the, the days leading up to it, especially now since there's, there's more year-round water um, available. And then um, maybe the day after the opener I might fish up there, but that'll be the next time I'm up there. So last Saturday in April, last weekend in April um, – We'll be up there covering it as usual. Okay. 
All right. And I've heard there's potential of another storm coming in. Maybe not not as heavy as the last time, but uh, another system coming through. I don't know about up there. I hadn't seen how it was going to translate to the Sierra, but um, I know down here we're supposed to get rain Sunday and Monday. Um, So nothing like what's already blown through. Yeah. Before we, I mean, before we get to the main topic today, let me just run through some of the water levels. I'm going to do my best to kind of, I'll, I'll name the lake. This is a very visual thing, and, and we feature uh, a graph just like this in our January 20th issue of Western Outdoor News. But let me just run through a couple bodies of water and which ones are actually above their historical average right now. You might, you guys might have seen Orville. Uh, they had to they had to release some of the water in there. That one's well above its historical average. Yeah, that was one that really needed it up north too. Yep, Don Pedro's is above its its historical high. Uh, Comanche is Folsom is New Bullard's Bar is above its historical average. Uh, Sonoma is at its historical average, but the real big one here that's at capacity is Kachuma. Mm-hmm. That one is not only above historical average, but actually at capacity right now. Casitas and Castaic, as as much as it did rain, it, they are still below their historical averages. Same thing with Diamond Valley Lake, still slightly below historical averages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Millerton and Pine Flat, those are two that are above their historical averages. So it's it's pretty interesting to look at these numbers and to, to see which bodies of water were able to capture yeah. as much water as possible and mm-hmm. which ones... Uh, still need some help even after the the downpour that came. Right. Yeah. The I, I saw. I, I didn't. It was either. I think it was. Could have been Casitas or Casitas or Kachuma was going to resume their boat rentals um, like tomorrow um, because it's safe again, I guess. But yeah, um, Kachuma was near spill. They were expecting it to spill. Um, it was the day after we put out the last paper. Um, well, I mean, there was even, sorry to jump in, but there was even footage from uh, Lake Cuyamaca opening up the the, the reserve, side lake. <laughs> the side yeah. lake. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was I fished up there a lot as a kid, um, that always had water in it. And now it usually doesn't have water in it. And the videos that they've been sharing, it's just, it's dumping in there. It's filling up. It definitely bodes well for our trout cast event that's coming up up there. Um, but it, it, it's good to see all this happening. Um, a lot of those lakes you mentioned were just starving for it. Um, down here, it's kind of trickier because, you know, you mentioned Diamond Valley. Um, Todd Klein was up there a couple of weeks ago. He said they're not letting water out anymore, and it is starting to come up a little bit. But they shift water between Diamond Valley and Skinner, kind of like the San Diego lakes will take water out of one lake, put into another. So it's kind of hard to get a read on it. Some of those lakes could be taking on a lot of water, and it's just going somewhere else. But um, but that snowpack um, is very important. You know, that's going to be continue to fill reservoirs for months. Yeah, as, I mean, as it, it melts off. Talk about a, an indicator for the the forecast for the rest of the year. That snowpack is that's it right there. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of weather and being in the winter time, uh, Ben, let's talk about our best halibut and inshore baits. You did a tackle box tested, and it's in our latest issue of Western Outdoor News, the January 20th issue on page 20 and 21. 
and you have all these baits and they're all broken down by hard baits, jerk baits, swim baits, and drop shots. So it's going to go through each one and their, uh, and their ability to kept to catch fish in this time of year, this, this, the winter time here. So let's start with, uh, with the left side of the page. Let's start with hard baits. Yeah, so putting this together was, was a very int- interesting challenge because obviously the last few weeks have not been great for any sort of surf fishing, um, particularly using smaller kind of lures and baits close to the shore, which a lot of this is lending itself to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with that very extreme surf conditions, a lot of turbulence in the water, very low visibility, not really the one to start using, start casting around little, little kind of hard baits and stuff. Yeah. So we had a few challenges putting this together, um, but what we went, to, what we aim to do, and I think what we've done really successfully, is give our readers a kind of greatest hit of surf and inshore baits. Um, and like I said, we, we categorise them into various um, kind of various uh, quite broad categories. So, so really, we've got a bunch of them, and the first one is hard baits, and that's things like um, you know your kind of a non-lipped kind of stick bait type type arrangements things like the yozuri monster shot which is actually one of my favorite ones now that thing will cast an absolute mile um and maybe a better known one is the uh daiwa salt pro minnow the bullet version of that without the lip that's a really good one the laser shiner is um done pretty well for me that's caught a couple of nice halibut in winter and these are all these are all hard baits yeah these are all hard baits so that's the hard bait ones um then also we go to diving jerk baits now these are the kind of things which you probably see a lot of people casting out things like your calissas the Lucky Crafts, the smaller ones. We've got the Rapala X-Rap Saltwater in there as well, which I really like. Comes with a kind of better hardware than a couple of the other aforementioned ones. But, you know, little variations on that, like the Clissa Surf Jerk Bait. It's got a little tail spin. Mm-hmm. Comes in a barred surf perch pattern, which I really like, which is quite unique. You know, to have a, a close match to what must be a kind of common prey item in the surf. Um, definitely something I'd look at. Okay. And then also we've got maybe more of the plastic baits. So we've got... Yeah, like, so we have swim baits and drop shots. Let's talk a little bit about swim baits, especially when there's a lot of water movement and the visibility might be low. Would it be in everybody's best interest to throw a, like a soft swim bait or would it be a better choice to, to throw one of these hard baits? Well, if I was trying to catch a halibut um, in relatively murky conditions, a lot of turbulence, some I'd probably go down two weeks. Something like the Kalissa jerkbait, which has a lot of movement, that little tailspin as well. Um, that's going to work pretty well close to shore. Again, the only problem with those is they're not that heavy. They're kind of hard to cast far. far. So if you've got a like, situation where you think the fish are going to be stacked up in front of you, one of those smaller jerk baits is going to work really well. Um, but yeah, but you're right. A, part, a swim bait is maybe the more conventional way and there's a, a lens higher degree of castability so it's going to probably cast a bit further mm-hmm. you can you know texas rig it um swim in a weedless kind of rig it so you're not going to get caught up in snags and so on which is obviously pretty important if you're fishing into rocks particularly fishing around rocks for those halibut so that's probably something that you you know really look at and you know we've got the, on the top of the page there in the swim bait section we've got the kitek fat swing impact now that's that's a big um definitely a big favorite for for the kind of halibut pros around here and it has these little ribs and the paddle tail, so there's a lot of movement kicking out. If you get it in the white, I think we've got it in the French Pearl, 4.8 inch, 4.8 inch size. So again, very visible, that nice, nice bright white with a bit of sparkle in there. Um, and yeah, that's going to work really well. But also we've got the things like the Z-Man Diesel Minnows, a really, really well-respected uh, weedless rig, rigged jerk, um, swim bait. Um, that's a really popular one on the East Coast, especially in that slam shady colour. Um, and also we've got a, a SoCal classic, the Big Hammer Swimbait. Right. So we've all, I'm sure we've all seen those in the shops. They've got that great website, um, swimbaits.com, 
with all that stuff on there about you know fishing SoCal halibut and so on. Yeah, and we've got the uh, sexy smelt pattern, which I quite like. It's a great name for it. Nice. Um, that's a four-inch paddle tail swim bait, so that's going to work really well. Loads of movement, kicks out loads of vibration. What um, size lead head are you using? I would use as heavy as possible, but this is obviously a it's obviously a, um, something I find challenging is to find a big enough lead head, which I generally would go for half to three quarter ounce minimum. Um, but then the hooks on those tend to get bigger and bigger. Right. So there's, I've definitely found some owner ones with the underspin and the twist lock, which are about in the kind of four eye range, which have worked really well for those ones, particularly the 4.8 inch Kitek, which is something I've used a lot. Um, so yeah, those little swim bait hooks. Um, I think owner also do the EWG swim bait hook, which I've used for those as well. So anything around the kind of three or four O size hook, um, if there isn't any weed around, if there is no structure around, so if I'm fishing a plastic, um, you know, a sandy beach, I'm also going to run a little stinger hook on there, a little treble hook, um, and I just run that on the bend of the shank, um, just below the just below the bait. Mm-hmm. So really, just threading the eye of the treble onto the hook, and then just having it below the swim bait. So if fish comes up, anyway, it puts its mouth around the, fo- the bait, it's going to get a hook in it. Um, but obviously that's not way readless, is it? So if you're fishing yeah. readless, don't use the stinger hook. Yeah, um, of course. And the last category was drop shot. So these are very, very much more finesse orientated plastics. And to be honest, if I was fishing somewhere like around the kind of Long Beach um, area, as a typical example of kind of relatively calm water right now, open ocean might be a bit difficult. But in those kind of enclosed areas, there's a lot of those down San Diego. I could think of the Laguni type areas around Oceanside as well, Carlsbad, um, places like that. Those drop shot baits, I think, are going to be the one for the next couple of weeks until the open ocean is a bit more fishable and maybe a bit more halibut come inshore um, because they, the drop shot allows you an element of finesse. You don't have to cast the thing on, you know, 20-pound braid or fluoro like you maybe do with the bigger hard baits and you can just twitch that thing back up and I know a lot of the guys who are really good at halibut fishing here fish like a double drop shot with two on there. Maybe with the slightly different colour baits but most of the time it seems to be just two white baits gets their attention um, they'll, they're going to hit one or the other, mm-hmm. so that seems to be the thing, and that's probably what I'm probably what I'll be doing this weekend is maybe a bit of drop shotting around some of the harbour type stuff, assuming that the open ocean is going to be a little bit rough. Okay. Uh, the, the other one we've got in there is the fish bites one, which again it's a scented soft bait. Um, you know we've seen the Max Scent Berkeley baits they do really well, and so it's along a similar type thing and a little curly tail. It's a bit of a different offering, so kind of in that feature we've got something for everyone right right we've got all the all the best baits all the things we've used and tested or things that have got a great reputation um and we've put a bit of info about how to rig them what they're best for um where they're available from what the size is what color we've obviously chosen colors that we think work really well and have worked really well things like the big hammer sexy smelt is a really well-known um you know inshore bait and as well as catching halibut they're also going to do really well for bass white sea bass um all, all sorts of things like that i'm sure those sure the hard baits are going to start picking up like big surf perch um big croaker things like that so these are all really versatile baits and we're getting there early in the season to help our readers out so you know when those conditions line up the next few weeks and water temperatures hopefully start to rise when we start to hit spring we start to get those lovely grunion runs in early march um you know these things will really come into play then so we're getting ahead of ourselves helping people get rigged up for their season ahead yeah it's it's crazy to think that uh <clears throat> That the Grundon runs already coming up in March, but uh, it, going six weeks ba- away. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> come the, on, I can't wait. Time just flies. But uh, it, when you're talking about these baits, and especially if, when we're focusing on halibut, how how important is it to cast near 
a halibut from shore i mean do you really have to drop these things on their heads or, or what are we talking about well, i mean i'm really not a great halibut expert it's not something i dedicate myself to like some of the guys out there but i know i know people who have friends of mine who are really very competent at it um it's definitely two or three strategies they use one of those is casting very close to rocks so i'm sure we've had you might remember the really fat halibut that we had in the surf pages last issue on the January 6th issue mm-hmm. that was caught by uh, those lovely California surf fishing brothers. Yeah. It yeah. was a 38 inch halibut from the beach. That's a really serious big fish. And I know they're one of their kind of strategies is, you know, fish really close to rocks. So fishing where the sand meets the rocks and using weedless swim baits. And that's how they catch, catch a lot of big fish. So something like that, it's probably, you know, you want to be really close to that structure. Um, I've, I've sort of been lucky to see a few halibut, observe them up close they really don't do a lot they're not like open swimming around like open ocean right. looking for stuff that's what they're that's what makes predatory. me wonder why like do you have to drop it and serve it on a golden well, platter right in front of them well maybe the reason that those those spots work with the rocks is that they are ambush points and that you know i know that a lot of people do work on the theory that the bait fish get funneled through certain channels in the rocky areas mm-hmm. and they have to swim down that channel and the halibut sit, sat in the sandy channel waiting just for something to swim over the top and and off you go. And that's why if you fish those weedy rocky areas, a little tiny swim bait, little three, four inch swim baits, you know, quite natural looking, nothing too, too in their face. But something yeah. that replicates those small smelt, those little bait fish that are swimming around there, that's going to work really well. Okay. Yeah. I, I, when I've fished in like Mission Bay down in San Diego, I I caught a halibut on a, on a crankbait. And that's when I just imagine luck of the draw like i i just was was casting that crankbait at the right place at the right time because halibut aren't really i'm not they're the opposite of like a pelagic fish yeah, right you've got to hunt those things down i was going to say one of the other kind of strategies which i know a lot of people use is just simply covering ground right a lot of ground yeah i know they will like i haven't caught a lot of surf halibut i've never caught a legal one i've caught them in the bays i fish for them in the boats and they will <laughs> They will chase something. Like, yeah, they're sitting there with their eyeballs sticking out of the sand, and a lot of times it's, you know, right time, right place, something drifts over them. But I've been on boats where they are at the surface. They're chasing – I've seen them ch- I've seen them caught on surf- surface iron, you know. And I, I remember when I worked in the hatchery in Carlsbad, they had some halibut in the tanks, and they're, they're pretty active at times. Like, you know, yeah, a lot of times they're sitting at the bottom, but a lot of times they're – swimming around in circles and and uh you don't don't be surprised if one of them follows you know it might pop out of the water and follow it for a while oh wow but uh a halibut will chase something down so yeah. you're saying top water lures now yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've seen them be quite acrobatic actually Sur- surprisingly yeah, acrobatic wow. jumpers yeah Dang. i've seen many jumpers in terms of people hooking them and just going absolutely crazy and <laughs> leaping out of the water it's quite an interesting thing because you see this huge white slab yeah, launch itself out of the water, but that's normally the end of things on six pound four or six pound line. Is that's normally where it ends if it, when it starts launching right. itself. Yeah, something goes pop and it gets caught around those fairly substantial teeth. Yeah, and uh, something goes wrong. But yeah, if you're fishing with these baits, I don't think you have any problems. And one thing we should mention actually, and there's a QR code on the page um, to go to our website. We've got another three or four baits in there which we couldn't quite fit on the page. Okay, um, things like a rigs, a couple of um, couple of more interesting swim baits on there. You definitely check out the yellow croaker swim bait. That's something I'm going to be really interested in trying this year. Okay. All right. So there's even more than uh, more than meets the eye to this thing. Absolutely. And uh, 
You can check it out at wonews.com or scan that QR code on the January 20th issue of Western Outdoor News. So halibut fishing, we got the trip to Bishop, we had Bolsa Chica flooding. It's a big week. Uh, looking ahead, uh, what are some big things coming up? I know in the next issue, we're uh, actually later in this week on social too, we're, we're talking about the uh, MLPA uh, uh, decadal review and and some of the results that came out of that, we have the top 10 kind of takeaways. Kind of we read it so that you don't have to. Uh, take a look at that on our social media and on wonews.com. It was featured in the latest issue uh, written by Merritt. But uh, we're going to have even more coverage of that as it, as it goes. Obviously, MPAs and the MLPA is a, a hot-button topic for us. We had a Have Your Say uh, post the other day, and there were some colorful words to, to be uh, to be put lightly um, to talk about the MPAs. So there's a lot going on. We're approaching show season. Yeah. We got back from ISC last week, and it was a successful show, and people are, are ready to get back out there, of course, with the with the Bart Hall shows coming up and PCS show right there in the middle of it. Uh, Southern California is going to be swimming in, in shows, and we're all going to be able to, to shake hands and say hello in person <laughs> in the next coming months here, the next two months. So we're looking forward to seeing everybody at the shows, and uh, and send us your send us your reports and keep an eye at wonews.com anything else you guys want to add no i'm good man show season's coming and we're already we're already getting ready for it in here i know that isc show i mean it sounded like our guys that went up there were pretty impressed by the the crowd and and i fully anticipate that to be the case down here it's like you said people are ready for them it's not just like any other year it's it's they're ready for the full slate of full speed mm-hmm. you know no, no no question mark shows yeah exactly so, yeah all right well we'll see you next week thanks guys okay.